0: Welcome to Game Changers by Logitech G, a six-part podcast for the ones taking the risks, breaking the mould and changing the game. I'll be talking to a variety of people in the gaming world about different topics, from diversity in gaming to its effect on mental health. I'm your host, Alan Boyston. Now, more than ever, people are conscious of their effect, both positive and negative, on the environment, and the gaming industry is no different. In fact, 21 video games companies have joined the UN's Playing for the Planet Alliance as the industry moves to a greener future. So, how do we align an audience hungry for the latest graphical prowess with a greener planet? Today, I'm joined by Managing Director of Blockworks, James Delaney and Sam Barrett, Head of Education and Youth at the UNEP and co-founder of Playing for the Planet Alliance. So I'd like to thank you both for coming along today. Um, but first, I'd like to learn a bit about you both, uh, what, what your role involves. Uh, initially, James, tell me a bit about what you do, what your role involves. Yep, so um,
1: I run a company called BlockWorks, and for the last seven or eight years, we've basically been making custom content inside of Minecraft. So as you know, Minecraft is probably the world's most popular computer game, uh, and it's a very modular game, so it's something that players can add things into. So as a company, we've been able to make games and experiences inside of minecraft um and we primarily do those for sort of education and engagement projects these days which include some sort of climate change projects which
0: i'll talk about yeah lots of opportunities we'll come back to that then and sam tell me a bit about your role at the un Uh, would love to learn more about it
2: thanks alan yeah so i run our youth education program Um, we've been working with the video gaming industry for the past year uh, just getting them to think about their footprint Uh, and how they can kind of educate, inspire, and support their players to think about how they can make different choices around the environment. So uh, that's what I do um, here over in Nairobi and Kenya.
0: Excellent, so lots to learn between you both. I guess, James, I'm gonna come back to you initially. Uh, Mm -hmm. We want to get more gamers involved initially. There's two parts to this conversation, isn't there? There's there's the responsibility of the industry itself, but there's also the responsibility of it uh, as an educational tool to instruct people on good good process uh, and things that they can do to help the environment tell me a bit about what you've been doing with Minecraft then how did you get involved in that how does this process work and some of the different game projects you've been working on
1: yeah so there's a rich history of using games um, in educational context they're often called serious games um, game-based learning gamification that's not exactly what we're trying to do Uh, in those cases you take a topic like climate change and you'd apply the principles of gaming to that topic what we're doing is we're taking a game and we're applying the principles of something like climate change to the game so it's still very much a game for gamers uh, what we do with Minecraft we're not trying to um, kind of cheat them into learning something which a lot of serious games often do the reason we're working with Minecraft is it's because it's it's incredibly popular already. It's an easy uh, it's an easy sell in that regard, and it's very modular. Um, it's quite a simple game, which means it's very easy for us to to mod and adapt and add different mechanics uh, into the game. Um, and one project we've been working on for the last uh, two or three years now is in collaboration with uh, a Belgian university, KU Leuven, and an energy company called InnoEnergy. Energy, um, and. Uh, I'm not sure if you've played Minecraft, but basically Minecraft has an infinite power source called redstone, and this is kind of the mechanic that lets you sort of create lights and move pistons and things, and it's never ending. You can place one redstone torch and it will go on forever. Um, and that's a fundamentally uh, challenging thing when you're trying to teach kids about the sort of preciousness and the value of energy. So. With uh, these two partners, we're making Minecraft maps which replace that with realistic sort of energy physics. Um, So we've produced two maps uh, so far for the Minecraft marketplace, which are kind of available for anyone to download and play at home. One of these is a sort of city simulation game. So you're responsible for building a city and every action you take, every building you build has an effect on the city's CO2 output, its noise pollution. And it's sort of a kind of like SimCity. It's sort of a, uh, a management role play game. Mm. The other one is uh, a more straightforward adventure game, which is based on um, different renewable energy types. You've got to go to the power plant and sort of fix fix that, stop that from melting down, um, and so on. Uh, and now we're currently looking at getting those games into schools via Minecraft Education Edition. Um, but yeah, I mean, Minecraft's just absolutely perfect. It's got so many kids playing it. Um, it's the perfect target audience um,
0: for, for what we're trying to teach, um, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think what you've brought in a couple of interesting things Though, is you want to educate people without it seeming like boring education in that sense. Mm. Uh, I, you've raised again game of SimCity, which is quite funny. Many of us have played SimCity over the years, but you learn many aspects about the running yeah. of a city from that. Um, and also world-building games in general. There's a Mm -hmm. function to how they work and how they pollute their environment and that'll make the people unhappy and so on. Uh, Developers, they're thinking, what can we bring into our game? So when you approach a games, I mean, you you approach games companies or when you go to a developer or if you're informing a developer, what can they do? What, what, what What can developers do in their games that are listening now? They say, I want to add a component to my game. What would be helpful? Um, well there are
1: different ways they can do it. It can be a component such as um, in a world building game there's kind of a a pollution element or a CO2 factor, that kind of thing. Um, or they can make it actually central to the core mechanics of the game, so central to what tasks you need to achieve to complete the game. Which, um, is what a lot of sort of climate change focused games have been trying to do. Um, I think games often fit into categories of kind of utopian or dystopian visions. Games are really good at reflecting sort of alternative visions of our of our reality. And that's that's almost what they're based on. Um, and in particular, you see a lot of dystopian games, so in that sense, there's a real opportunity to kind of warn people um as to as to what could go wrong. A lot of games are based on kind of cataclysmic events um and it's it's almost quite a nice fit to make those cataclysmic events based on the very real potential um sort of disasters coming like there's so much
0: change. individual can do but it's all about big business big industry and yeah. government and all that and that takes me on to sam uh because you obviously you work on a much larger scale with industry uh tell me about some of the projects you're working on right now
2: well i think just um building what james just said i, I think for us uh we see the video gaming industry as like a a really powerful partner it reaches 2.6 billion people um People play games in Mexico, in the Philippines, in Brazil, in Russia. So it's not just a Northern Europe, North American phenomenon. It's a global phenomenon. And so what we're trying to do with the industry is to get them to think about three things. One is about how they can decarbonize their, their platforms and their companies. And there's a lot of best practices coming through with uh, people like Supercell and Rovio, SpaceApe and Cybo thinking quite deeply about what they could do to make a difference. And then also with the console manufacturers, um, e-waste is a big issue and thinking about how they can uh, have pause and play, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But for us, I think, just like the the work that James has been doing in Minecraft, we think the superpower in games is really about what you put in play and trying to keep it fun and authentic because for us, a lot of young people are just either scared and nervous about what's about to come next or, or keen to see how the values and principles they have can come through in gameplay as well. So we're looking at doing some game jams in live games uh, within the Alliance. So it's not about building games from scratch, it's looking at what we currently have and seeing how we can make a difference. And the final thing is just about restoration. Um, If you look at Fortnite, if you look at um, all the big games, like nature is often the backdrop to play, Um, but often nature is like an asset that you cut down and use as opposed to reinvest and keep. And so we think that one of the big solutions we have to really deal with a climate crisis is about bringing nature back to life. And so we're exploring some ideas about how um, we can restore nature in gameplay and look at the transference of online behaviour to, to offline mindsets. And so we see the gaming industry as this hugely powerful opportunity to really kind of think about how nudges can be brought into games and different activations can get people to think differently.
0: Brilliant. So in a way, it's it's the biggest interactive communication tool on the planet, really, because you've got so much there that people can literally interact with and learn with. But sort of you have to do it between the lines, don't you? Because every time you play a game, you learn how to play that game to complete the game. It's an experience. Sam, staying with yourself, I suppose I've got three areas or a couple of areas I'm interested in. The games industry itself. The games industry has a carbon footprint. What are they aiming to do about that? I see that in two areas. You have the, the, uh, the, the. You know, you have media events. You have influencers flying all around the world. You have shows like E3, Gamescom, many shows. Do we need all these shows these days? So, on the one hand, you have all this travel going on all the time to see new games, which, in reality, we may not need to actually visit because quite often they could be sent to, beam to places. Uh, and uh, then you've got the other side, which is old components and if you think we've sold 100 million ps4s uh, sony were talking about that but what do people do with their ps4s well if they don't go to a second hand store they go into the bin and that's 100 million playstations going into the bin somewhere and and one of that is recyclable it, it should the industry be doing more so i guess the first part is before we get to the using games and information is what can the industry itself do to make it more green
2: mm. that's a good question I- I think we've seen some great leadership, Uh, Supercell have looked quite deeply about um, how much time and energy their their gamers use in playing on mobile, and they've committed to offset all of that. Um, Rovio are doing the same, and Cybo, who do Subway Surfers, are doing the same as well. So I think what's great is the mobile companies are thinking quite deeply about where the responsibility stops and starts. Um, They're also asking questions of their server providers to see exactly what is the concentration of green energy in the mix. And some of them are doing great, Uh, others need to do a much better job, and so they're starting to raise those questions. Um, In terms of carbon footprint, uh, e-waste is just like this giant king-size problem for the planet. Like only 20% of all electronic products are ever um, recycled. so. 80% of it just goes who knows where. And um, these are full of all kinds of uh, metals and pollutants, and we need to do a much, much better job. And so I think when it comes to mobile phones, consoles, et cetera, um, there's a lot of deep thinking that needs to be done that's kind of above and beyond the gaming industry alone. Uh, And so you and environment are working uh, in our other divisions on on how we come up with solutions there. Um, And my other thing I'd also say is that uh, um, I feel like the industry is hungry to be doing more of the right thing. Um, when we're knocking on the doors to get them involved in the alliance, uh, we're not really met with no, uh, but we are met more with how. And so what we're looking to do is get them to work as a community about how they can learn from each other. And so I think the industry is naturally competitive because that's what gaming and play often is. And so they are very keen to see how they can benchmark themselves against others and go further. So I think there's a lot of good stuff that can come through. And it's a, it's a blend of getting people to have conversations where they can share and learn. Uh, But then also we need to look quite deeply at some bigger problems as well.
0: Absolutely. And what what I'm hearing really is that we've never really, uh, many businesses, we've never really had the conversation, the conversation to bring people together. There's a lot of different components here. And I think that there are manufacturers, not only the the big companies, the Nintendo, the Sonys, but also the third-party peripheral companies, third-party technology companies. Nothing seems to bring everybody together. They're all operating under their own sort of uh, window of what works for them. Uh, James, obviously you work in several aspects of the industry. What are, you, what are your thoughts when it comes to what you're hearing here, What do you, in terms of the conversation? Um, I mean, I guess there's a kind of a difficulty for
1: these um, developers and, and platform producers in that they want players to be on their devices uh, playing their games as much as possible. Um, and they want to sort of be green or 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 to be seen to be green Uh, but at the same time every hour of of playing a computer game is you know Mm -hmm. consuming energy and um i think individually it's not a huge amount but i think the the daily um sort of gaming energy um requirement is about five percent of a household's um total daily energy usage so that obviously adds up to a massive amount um and I guess that's sort of a, a contradiction in their interests, um, but perhaps it is about the devices and making sure they're kind of more energy efficient, less power hungry, and a lot of that's to do with sort of connectivity and um, the kinds of, sort of software and, and infrastructure they're using. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a real sort of technological challenge, not just for gaming, but for technology
0: uh, sort of worldwide. So how can gamers be more green then? What can they do? What can they do to help spread the word? Is there any positive steps? Yeah, I mean, g-
1: gamers have a, a huge um, a huge sort of cultural reach. I think we've moved away from gaming as being this sort of subculture, um, and now it's sort of up there with the likes of film and TV as a sort of global cultural phenomenon, which, which has the potential to reach... Um, you know, reach far and wide, as as Sam said. So I think within that, there are the communities of gamers, the influences of gamers, which can make a huge difference um, in our attitudes towards sustainability uh, and actual behavioral change. Um, and there have been some quite nice examples of youtubers like mr mr beast who who is a famous youtuber who started a challenge to plant 10 million trees um and then you know people took that on in minecraft can we plant 10 million trees in minecraft probably not but you know it gets people talking um minecraft themselves have initiated some of these programs under their build a better world scheme so they did a project called coral crafters where they got Minecraft players to design kind of coral reefs in oh, Minecraft, yeah. artificial mm. ones, mm. which were then um, placed in the ocean where some sort of coral had deteriorated. Um, so there's a lot that can be done outside, outside of the game um, that, can,
0: that can help change attitudes and behaviours. I think you've brought another thing on there is well, influencers can help a lot, can't they, with getting the message across? But I think what we need is a clear message now. Um, and I, I think fr- from both of you, really, it's what is the message we want to get to gamers right now, do you think? If you could give them a message, you're an influencer with millions of followers, what would be the message to say, game more green or what they could do to get involved? Well, Sam, I'll give it to you first. <laughs> Tricky <laughs> questions. but
2: <laughs> I, I'd say there's three things. Um, the first one is just power down. So just don't keep it on, keep it off. Um I'd say the other one was probably play with the purpose, to think about when you play, how you can make a difference. Um, I think there's a lot of games that are out there that are, are giving back, that are helping the right thing to happen. And the third one is just to ask questions. Um, I think the industry is listening deeply to its audience. Um, so there's lots of questions that you could uh, provoke within companies if you're a gamer about what you think the companies that you want to be playing the game should be doing. So. I think we are really curious to hear um, and extrapolate um, how we're seeing a massive social shift around people being increasingly concerned about the environment and climate change. And I think the video gaming industry in some places is kind of ahead of that, uh, but in many places it's behind that. And I, I think just asking the right questions to the right people about where does my energy come from? How could we do more? I, I think it's a very responsive and agile industry and just asking questions will open up new thinking
0: yeah, james your thoughts on that in terms of new thinking and and how the games industry could do some things and communicate some things better
1: yeah i think everything that, that sam said i mean particularly the last point the power that gamers mm. have over developers is absolutely huge if, if they can um put pressure on 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 game developers and, and manufacturers to to really take this seriously um then, you know, they can they can affect real change. And I think so much of the public conversation about video games is normally the danger of violent games and all these kinds of things that we've never really seen. I haven't seen in mainstream media really too much, maybe with the exception of the last year and, and Sam's program, about video games and climate change. And, um, you know, I think the industry needs to ca- catch up and really move on from issues of
0: sort of violence and Mm. um to to more serious things like this so i mean obviously we we've got to take things forward there needs to be the conversation i'll tell you sam you know really your conversation i I assume now will be with governing bodies in various countries it'll be with i mean there needs to be business incentives tax incentives big business isn't going to change they'll 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 dare i say it they'll say the right things and they'll offset some of their their emissions by planting a few trees, but what we need is real change. We need those companies to make actual changes. how How are we going to make that happen? I mean, what kind of incentives are we looking forward to to actually make that change happen?
2: So just a few things. I do think avoidance is the best medicine. So rather than to have to offset or compensate for the energy and the carbon we've committed, into the planet just to try and stop it in the first place and catch it before it goes anywhere is really important. So I think Sony have got some really good ideas about what they're putting forward around trying to reduce their emissions in the first place, rather than trying to chase after them once they've left the building. Um, I think that whole thing about public policy is interesting. We had a really good chat with um, Sal, the French trade body, about what the French government have been doing around the industry there. And a lot of people are very desperate for the gaming industry to remain within their city and uh, their their environment. But I don't think they've ever offered any kind of incentive or default for how the games industry can give back and make a difference. They're just trying to subsidise them to remain. So I think the way that we subsidise and support industries is a bit one-dimensional. And I think given what we need to do in the next 10 years on climate change, I think it's a yes-and approach to see how change can be made. But my other thing, I think is important which is this isn't a clunking fist or a a heavy stick it it really has to retain the authenticity of the gameplay, it needs to make sure that it's fun it needs to work with where the community is at because if you just try and force things down people's throat they're just gonna gag so I really think it's a a very smart way of working with the industry and taking them on a journey and meeting them where they are and holding them by the hand and taking them forward and I feel like our initiative is um, It's not to lecture, it's not to Hector, it's just to work with them and look them in the eye and work out where they are and just try and give them the tools and a sense of purpose that they can really make a difference if they choose to. And I I feel like with the industry, it's very humble uh, in some ways, um, but also slightly lacks confidence in others about what it should or shouldn't do. So I think what we're trying to do at the UN is just to say, guys, you've got... Unbelievable power, if you choose to use it. Uh, we can't tell you how to deploy it, but we think we'd like to work with you. And there's others just like you thinking about this either five miles down the road or 5,000 miles around the corner that you can learn from. So, it,
0: it, Well, it's a step there, isn't it? I think it's a step of, like you say, uh, not a heavy-handed approach but, uh, that understands the industry. I think that the games industry seems to be, from our conversation here, is that it's open to change. It's listening to change. Uh, yes, there are aspects that will need some impetus or some support to move on. I think also you mentioned about players. I thought the important point of use of power uh, as gamers, we also we have many consoles and screens and speakers and we leave them on. How often do you walk away leaving your PC on for, for five hours and forgetting all about it? Uh, it would be interesting if there was even some sort of devices that rated with flashing lights or something, you know, what your power consumption was when you're you're just idling, essentially. So I think that would, anything that creates a score where players compete, if players could actually compete for, you know, being more green, it gives them something to target. Uh, I guess the, I'm looking forward now, we're saying, right, the, the industry is where it is, you're working with gamers, you're working with the industry. Tell me now, James first, what you're looking forward to in the industry where are we going
1: um so i think from the games point of view i'm looking forward to sort of triple a blockbuster games um that are actually bringing up the issue of sustainability in a sensitive way that still makes them fun to play that still makes them commercially um viable um but not as kind of add-ons not as a little counter on the side of the screen which is probably been added in there as a box ticker but um, really looking at the sustainability issue as a key game mechanic um, and whether that's in role play games management games adventure games and um, I think it should be in there, and, and I think as Sam said earlier, so many of these nature-based games are based on kind of the destruction of the environment, even Minecraft unfortunately is mm-hmm. essentially the first thing you do is chop down as many trees as you can, <laughs> and there's no, there's no consequence to that. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing in the game design and the concept phase how developers can, can look at this issue from the very beginning
0: and uh, Sam yourself looking forward I mean you've already you're already working with games companies I think it's handy also when you can implement something into a game that the games company doesn't need to do too much to almost like an SDK that gives it something that's included in there some sort of option screen some link to a website and what you can do it's these types of things that are helpful Um, Sam tell me a bit about your perspective looking forward what you're working towards now where are we going
2: Yeah. Um, I'm really excited about this year. Um, We, I I mean, I, I think just building what James said, for me, retrofitting is always much harder than having something baked in from the beginning. And so I do think there's a piece of thinking about how you can have some principles for devs and designers to think about the right thing from the beginning, as opposed to getting something getting it right to the final go button and just realizing they have to do a ton of kind of rework. So I think some principles for mindful game design that are planet positive is good. Um, I also think for me, uh, I think having really strong leadership from the top of companies to say, uh, this is our culture. This is our DNA. This is what we want to do. Um, I'm, Excited to see that coming through. I think some leaders such as uh, Jim Ryan at Sony have really kind of gone out on this. I think uh, Ilker at Supercell has as well. Um, I think Phil at Stadia is thinking quite hard on this with his team. Uh, but all the 21 companies that we're working with, what I, I love about this industry is it's kind of, there's no such thing as um, uh, no. It's all about how could we? And so I think for me, Principles of smart game design would be good. Uh, really starting to see some of this coming into games. So it's not just a discussion. It's a series of examples. And w- what I'm excited by is seeing a, a few f- fields starting to bloom, like dandelions with seeds just blowing across. So this kind of concept pollinates across the industry. And I, I think that's what we need to see. And I think that's the kind of work that James has been doing with Minecraft, which is one of like one of the best examples we've seen. Um, and we need a lot more of those. So uh, we need to kind of replicate James and kind of take him out into the industry and put him in every studio that we can.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see what you guys are talking about because the funny thing is that with a lot of game development, we can't see it. You know, it's, it's, games are developed two, three, four years in advance. We're moving to new consoles, new hardware. So um, I guess what I'm just trying to find out now is, is like I said, we're talking about inclusion of of. Information in big games. I'm just trying to get a better idea. You've had this Minecraft where players can do something, James. What what what's what's an example you can give me? If there's indie developers watching now, indie indie developers saying, "Well, I would like to include something positive in my game, in my game design." Where can they get the information to do that? Where can they get the advice? What what can they do?
1: Um, Well, I think it depends on, as you said, whether they're adding uh, sort of. Green features to yeah. another another game, mm. or they're trying to build a game from scratch with with kind of green ideas at its base. Historically, that hasn't been too successful. Um, climate change games have been around since um, the late '80s, and were originally from sort of researchers and academics, and they they haven't really no. been proven to work, no. to be honest, um, because they're not commercially viable and as Sam said, it's just forcing things down people's throats, um, and it takes a lot of skill actually to design um, these kinds of nudges into a game that's that's subtle enough, um, but will still make a difference. I think when we game, we we enter what's called a flow state, mm-hmm. which is a weird sort of state of mind where you're totally absorbed in the in the task, and actually time time just flies and you know if you if you play games you'll have you'll you'll have experienced this where you just completely lose track of time and in that flow state you're incredibly susceptible to taking on ideas and learning things if it's associated with the task you're doing yeah. so that doesn't really answer your question but no, i would, I, I'm, I would I'm say i'm all about like,
0: <laughs> listening to you chaps you guys are saying hey we're this is going to happen this is going to be in games and i want to know where we're going what are we going to see in games why am i excited from from both of you, really, in terms of your projects. What are you most excited about that's firing you up right now? I think, for me, there's a ton of stuff in the hopper that's about to jump out.
2: Um, so there's a lot of people looking at e-vehicles in games, so we can see the transition to a cleaner, greener uh, mobility system. So a lot of vehicles, I think, are going to move from uh, internal combustion engines to electric vehicles, which are actually a damn sight quicker. And we know two companies are looking at that. Um, I think also there's going to be new incentives put into games, so uh, get friends to join and play and will plant trees, so using uh, different ways of getting more people to play, we're starting to see a few of those ideas, um, and I also think what we're going to start to see is a lot more landscape restoration, um, there's a lot of game play starting to come together which is uh, trying to create consequences for destruction and incentives for restoration, and so there's a few companies that are looking quite hard at that. I also think there's some games like, like Animal Jam, which is played by 150 million people, uh, which is done by WildWorks, which is a brilliant game that's teaching young children how to think about um, looking after zoos, looking after animals. And they're doing all kinds of things already. So every single company in the Playing for the Planet Alliance has to be doing at least one or two things. Every six months, we're going to ask them to do more. And so I think the collective of companies we've got on board aren't just talkers, they have to be doers, otherwise they need to find somewhere else to go and do this work. So I think for us, we're serious about this agenda. I think they're serious about this agenda. And I also think that there's many, many other companies that are starting to think about this. And our job is to make this not a specialist subject, which just a few think is quixotic, but a mainstream normative thing that the industry does just because it's best practice. So in the same way that we don't like putting uh, leaded petrol in our cars, We'll start to see similar things uh, in gameplay. So in the same way that having a plastic bottle is not cool anymore, I think having games that don't think about their footprint will hopefully equally have some uh, ecological consciousness attached to them.
0: But that'll be down to the company to fine. Thanks so much for coming in, Sam and James. We really appreciate you both on the show to help us make positive steps to make gaming more green. New episodes will be available every week, and if you've enjoyed this one, please make sure to subscribe on your app of choice and leave a review. Don't forget to follow Logitech on Twitter at LogitechGUK, Facebook logitechg.uk, and Instagram at Logitech G. There you'll be able to learn more about the new Lightspeed wireless range that's now available. I'm Alan Boyston. See you next time.